Open your Bibles again, if you will, to the fourth chapter of Hebrews, and I want you to look at verse number 12, a passage, a verse that no doubt if you've been in church very long, you have seen, and if you've been in church through your life, you've seen again and again, and there's one phrase in this verse I want to point out. But the Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice this phrase, Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. My message this morning is the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. What it means and why it is important. And it's very important. Now I'll ask you to listen well. I'll ask you to listen by character on purpose. And if you'll listen uh, to the introduction, uh, you'll understand that the message and be able to apply it in a way that is uh, very important. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. Lord, I have worked to prepare this truth, and sometimes I am just very excited about preaching and delivering a truth. And uh, Lord, I, I am this morning, and I... I ask you, Lord, uh, that you would enable my mind and my speech and my choice of words uh, to be the choice of words that we would hear not just to comprehend, but we would hear that we may obey uh, as you tell us to do when we hear the word of God. Bless the preaching, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There are five major exhortations or instructions in the book of Hebrews. In the very first of these instructions, the writer points out the danger of drifting from the instruction of the word of God. Those words are important. The danger of drifting from the instruction of the word of God. This section, Hebrews chapter 4, is the second of five instructions in the book of Hebrews. It too is connected to the word of God. Uh, the first instruction we learn the danger of drifting from the word of God because of simply neglecting the word of God. Just not listening to it, not reading the word of God. The second instruction is the danger of doubting, not drifting, but hearing the word and doubting the word of God because of a hardness of heart. Hardness of heart may be callous. We hear again and again and again and again to the place that we really don't listen. So first of all, he warns us of the drifting because of neglect. And second of all, doubting the word of God because of a hardness of heart. Now the foundation and the illustration for this instruction in Hebrews 1, 2, 3, and 4 is the exodus of Israel from Egypt and their experiences of unbelief in the wilderness. It was not God's will that Israel live in Egypt, so he delivered them from Egypt. It was not God's will for them to live in the wilderness. That was just a journey they were passing through. As the choir sang, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. It was God's will that they would live in the land of Canaan. Now you may recall when they got to the border of Canaan, they delayed going into the land of Canaan because they doubted 
the promise of God. Now make sure you get this illustration. You know the story. They sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Ten of them came back and said, Surely the land is as described. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of blessing. However, there are giants in the land and there are nations in the land that are greater and mightier than we are. We cannot go into the land of promise. The Bible said as a result the people murmured. They began to murmur because they were afraid at that evil report. Then the rest of the story is Joshua and Caleb, the Bible said, said they stilled the people. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't listen to that doubting report. God has promised to give us the land and we are able to take the land. And so we have the ten spies that said we can't. We have the two spies that say we can the people followed the majority. They doubted. And the truth is that generation died in the wilderness. They did not receive the land of Canaan. Only the, the only ones that lived were those that were 19 and younger. It was the next. It was a new generation that eventually went into the land of Canaan. That's a very important illustration to understand. Ten spies said we can't do it. God called it an evil report. And the people murmured. They did not go in. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, by the way, who lived that 40 years, they did not die in the wilderness. And because of their faith, they did lead the, lead the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. Now that's the illustration and that's the foundation for the instruction of Hebrews chapter 4. Now we come to verse number 12. The Bible says this, For the word of, uh, for the word. Uh, of God is quicker and is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, let me say it right off the bat here: we must learn to let the Word of God be our guide. This is the Word of God. All right, we are to follow the Word, the instruction, and the promises of God. One of the most interesting statements in the Bible is that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and it divides or it pierces between the soul and the spirit. It divides the soul from the spirit. What is the soul? What is the spirit? Don't miss it now. The soul is our mind. It is our emotions. It is our feelings. It's how we perceive things, our mind. When we see things, we have a perception. It is our thinking, it is our mind, it is our emotions. Now, what is the spirit? The spirit is made alive when we are saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, the Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but he quickened us or he made our spirit alive. Our mind is how we think and how we fellowship with one another, but our spirit is how we fellowship with God. Now, sometimes those two lead us, and it's hard to tell the difference if we're being led by the soul or if we're being led by the spirit. Don't miss it. The Word of God is the only tool that can divide. It divides asunder 
the soul from the spirit. So it separates how I see things, how I feel about things from the spirit that I fellowship with God and I fellowship with God. I talk to him in prayer. He talks to me how? By the word of God. Now I want you to stay with me now. The spies, the spies recommended 10 of them not going to the land of Canaan. That represents the soul of man or how we feel. Now we understand just looking at the circumstance how the spies felt. They looked at the giants in the land and they compared the size of the giants to the size of the people of Israel. They looked at the greatness of the land and the strength of the people and they compared it to them and they reasoned and said, we can't defeat them. There's no way we can take their land. It's one thing coming through the wilderness. It's another thing going into a land where there are seven nations greater and mightier than we are. But wait a minute. Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, but God promised. But God promised. It doesn't matter how big they are. If God promised, we can do it. It doesn't matter how strong they are. God promised, and if God promised, and we will have faith in what God promised, we can do what God has told us to do. Now understand, God did not deliver them from Egypt to live in the wilderness. He took them through the wilderness to go into the land of Canaan. But so often we get to the place that we make decisions on how we feel. In fact, Kadesh Barnea, which was just this side of the land of Canaan, was a very good land and they reasoned. In fact, they said, this land here is good for cattle. It's better than Egypt. I think we'll just stay right here. And Joshua said, oh no, God didn't deliver you to live in Kadesh Barnea. He wants you to take the land of Canaan. He wants you to enjoy the land flowing with milk and honey. He wants you to have the land of Canaan. So we, here we have the ten spies represent the soul of man. The two spies represent the spirit of man that is in fellowship with God. And sometimes we get confused in the two. So how do you tell the difference? Well, the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can divide how I feel from what God says. And I ask you the question, who should we obey? How we feel? Our soul? Or should we obey the word of God? And so the Bible is the only book that can separate how we feel, maybe what others may say, from what God has said. And the truth is, many times we make decisions, and I've heard folks make statements like this. Well, I prayed about it, and I feel like this is the right thing to do. But when you challenge that by saying, what does God say? Well, I know what God says, but that really doesn't make any sense. And the truth is, God's word doesn't always make sense to the soul or to the mind. It did not make sense for them to take a land or to try to take a land where there were giants and people stronger than they were. It didn't make sense, but God told them, I've prepared that land for you, and you can win if you'll move forward, not by seeing, not by feeling. In fact, 
you don't need to have a prayer meeting as to whether you should go into the land of Canaan. Are you with me? I'm not belittling prayer, but there's some things I don't need to pray about. I just need to do it. I'll say it again, and you can get your amen started. There are some things I don't have to pray about. I just need to obey it. If God said it, I ought to do it, whether it makes sense or not. You've heard me say often there was a bumper sticker that said, the Bible says it, that said, I believe it, and that settles it. Another one said, the Bible says it, and that settles it, whether you believe it or not, and that is true. Now, I ask you, who was successful, those that followed how they felt? They may have reasoned and said, I don't want my children to get killed more. I, I, I don't want my children to have to fight that battle. Look at this land of Kadesh Barnea. This is really good land. And beside that, the Jordan River separates us from uh, the land of Canaan. Why would we want to go through that again when we can just be satisfied here? And I contend that there are many Christians that are doing less than the will of God, enjoying less blessings than they could be receiving from God if they would simply move forward by faith. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We just obey because God said to do it. Take your Bibles and go back to the verse, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. For the word of God is quick. That word means it is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul, how I feel, and spirit, my relationship with God, or my decision to be obedient to God. And he goes further and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God sees our heart. Look at verse number 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked or uncovered. They're naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Take your Bibles and go to Jeremiah chapter 17, if you will, please. And I want you to notice what Jeremiah teaches us about our heart. Sometimes we feel really passionate about something. We feel really strong about something. But the truth is, if we let our conscience be our guide, if we let our feelings be our guide, if we let our passions be our guide, according to Jeremiah, that could lead us to destruction. And so he said, I found something better to be your guide than your conscience, better to be your guide than your feelings or your emotions, and that is what I have written in the Word of God. Notice Jeremiah chapter 17, and we'll go down here to verse number 9, uh, where the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God uses the word, go back to, uh, back to Hebrews chapter 4. God uses the word of God to expose not just our actions, but the motives of our heart. Do you know some folks will do right, but their motive is a selfish motive in doing right. And God's telling us here that God sees not just our behavior, He sees our motives, and the Word of God is so plain and clear that we need to follow the Word of God. Now, sadly, we feed how we feel all the time. 
We teach our mind and our heart the Bible a very few minutes a day and some have not read the scripture since the last time they were in church and we let our feelings be our guide and oftentimes, don't miss the statement, we pray our way to destruction. You say, preacher, are you belittling prayer? Absolutely not. Because if I pray in the will of God and according to the word of God, the truth is my prayer is a submission when it's right to what God says, not an argument against what God has said already is right. Are you with me this morning? So the Bible is a book that pierces and divides the soul and the spirit. The truth is, I want to do what I want to do. We all do. But more than doing what I want to do, I'd like to do what God wants me to do because I don't want to stand before Him having been a failure. I want to hear Him say, well done. And well done is not how I feel. Well done is how I obeyed the Word of God. That's why it's important to listen to the Word of God being taught in Sunday school. That's why it's important to listen to the Word of God being preached in church. That's why it's important to listen in the classroom and listen in school and listen in Bible college and listen in Bible study because the Word of God is the only book that can separate my feelings from what God says to do. By the way, this passage of Hebrews concludes with a warning and it tells us that God's living word must be the ultimate test of our profession of faith. I cannot base my going to heaven on how good I feel, but on what the word of God says. Let me ask you this morning, are you going to heaven for a Bible reason? Can you take the Bible and say, I know I'm going to heaven because what the Bible says. The average person that I witness to will say, either I think I'm going to heaven or I feel I'm going to heaven. And when I say, how do you know? They say, well, I just, I, I, I do the best I can. Well, that's a wonderful thing and you may do the best you can most of the time but if you don't do it all the time and you've come short of the glory of God, you're going to have something to make up the difference. And all of us have come short of the glory of God. I was witnessing to a lady on Wednesday evening. Brother Dallas was with me. And I said to the lady, are you a Christian? Have you received Christ as Savior? And she said, yes, I have. I said, when did you receive Christ as Savior? She said, well, I, I don't know. And I said, well, do you know when you were born? And just like that, she gave me the date when she was born. But the Bible says you must be born again. Now, so let me ask you a question. You know you're a sinner, right? And I just assumed that. And she said, I don't think so. I said, you don't think you're a sinner? She said, no, I, I don't think so. I said, do you know what sin is? She had no idea, according to the Bible, what sin is. And some folks have so categorized sin, they think some sin will send them to hell, and some sin is what everybody does, and we'll all be all right if we just do the best we can. That don't have anything to do with salvation. And the book of Hebrews warns us, if we neglect the word of God, we're not going to heaven by how we feel or what we think. We're going to heaven either for a Bible reason or we're not. 
The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. And any person who dies in their sin will have to go to a devil's hell. All oh, but Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin. And the Bible says in Romans 10 verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Now that's a Bible reason and, and he says here the Bible is the only book that can separate soul and spirit. It's the only book that can separate how you feel and your relationship with God. And he says don't neglect the word of God but let the word of God be your guide. Let it be your instruction. Let it be your correction. Let it be your reason that you know for sure you're going to heaven because of what God said in his word. Let me give you some verses about the Bible. 2 Corinthians 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Do you know why the one reason there's so much confusion in our state and in our nation today one group says this is right, another says it's an abomination, another said this is okay, and this is wrong, and this is right. You know why there's so much confusion? We've left the standard of the Word of God. And when we leave the standard of the Word of God, then every man does that which is right in his own eyes. As the Bible says in the book of Judges, and there was war and division and war and division, and they could not prosper because they lost all they had. I say today, while I may not can push America back to obedience to the word of God, I can obey the word of God in my life. I can preach the word of God in our church. We can teach the word of God in our homes. We can teach the word of God in our Sunday school classes. And our guide is not how we feel. Our guide is not a poll that's been taken. I recent, recently had a politician to tell me, he said, on this issue, uh, the polls have changed. And I said, I would agree with that. But the Bible hasn't changed. And if it's wrong, it's still wrong. If it's right, it's still right. And we need to get back to the Word of God being our guide. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Now the Bible says in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. You can change every law in Congress, and you can even in Congress say the Bible is not the word of God. Congress will pass away, but his word will stand. His word will stand forever. Proverbs chapter 30, the Bible says every word of God is pure and he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You can't say, I want to do God's will unless you do the will of the word of God. Psalm 119, 105, thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Have you noticed the anger and the frustration of the world that's doing what they want to do? They're not happy about that. They're like, 
they're they're like a a Cain. When God said to Cain, why art thou wroth? He did what he wanted to do, but doing what you want to do doesn't make you happy. And I want to say, was it best for them to listen to the ten spies who reasoned away them going into the land of Canaan and all dying in the wilderness? Or would it not have been better to listen to the spirit represented by the two men who said, doesn't matter how tall they are, doesn't matter how big they are, doesn't matter how great that land is, if God said it, let's do it. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16, listen to this verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. As we saw a group of small children sing on Wednesday night, we call them the Pee Wee Pirate Club. As they sang, they were hiding the Word of God in their heart and singing songs of Scripture. My dear friend, I want to tell you, we have to separate when it comes to making decisions what we think and how we feel and what the circumstances are from the spirit that has fellowship with God and say, I'm going to make my flesh do what God said to do. I'm going to follow him by faith regardless of the circumstance. John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There's several areas of life that we cannot follow how we feel. We cannot follow the culture. We cannot follow what's popular or what the polls say. We have to follow what the Word of God says. For example, I said already, our salvation needs to be secure in our faith in the Word of God. Second of all, we should rear our family according to the Word of God. Rear your children according to the Word of God. Teach your children the Bible. Teach your children this is God's Word. God is the creator of the world. God is the sustainer of the world. And we need to learn more about Him. Brother Hazlett brought me a clipping from a newspaper. I believe it was in Paintsville, from the Paintsville newspaper. And it was one of the cartoon drawings. And uh, the cartoon drawing was a picture of, of confusion and, and, and somebody said it would be good if we just had a book of instruction that could correct all of this mess and someone in the background was holding up the Bible and saying we do have an instruction manual it is the word of God we need to get back to it build your family build your marriage make your decisions of God's will in life when it comes to your career, when it comes to work, let the Word of God be your guide. Don't look at just the circumstances. Don't look at just how you feel or what you think. Let the Word of God be your guide when it comes to your finances. We think of finances. Uh, we think of tithing. And, and some folks say, well, I just don't know if that's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. And God says, I'll bless those that are obedient in their giving. And the truth is we can't all explain it but when we are faithful in our giving to God God always blesses our lives it's true it's true you say but it doesn't make any sense that 90% goes farther than 100% 
90% is not just 90%. It's 90% with God on my side. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine. And when I'm faithful in my giving to him, I partner with God and God's blessings and God's goodness carries me a whole lot farther than when I say, I'll take all that belongs to me and I'll keep it. You see, it's a matter of not following how we feel. It's a matter of following, following what is written. When it comes to the matter of growing and learning and maturing in life, we need to grow and learn and mature according to the principles of the Word of God. I read a business book three weeks ago that was one of the best business books I've ever read. And a man, a young man, got a job at a large Fortune 500 corporation. And the teacher that he met with, and this was in the 50s, the teacher that he met with, he said, I'm confident in my ability to know what I'm doing, but I am not confident in my ability to lead others that will be on my team and help us to be on the same page. And he taught him six lessons, six business lessons. He said, the first lesson I want to teach you, if you'll meet me Saturday morning, and, and I can't tell you the whole book, and, uh, and, and you, you, you'll want to buy it, you'll want to, you'll, you'll want to read it. Uh, but uh, he took him out to a barn and a field where he personally had a field of sheep. And the name of the book ended up being The Way of the Shepherd. And while the man was not a Sunday school teacher, he wasn't a preacher, he said the greatest business lessons of life was how Jesus cared for his people like a shepherd cares for his sheep. The way of the shepherd. What an amazing book it was. You know why it was amazing? Because it proved yet again the greatest book ever written and given to man is that Bible right there. America was founded on the principles of that book right there. And when our homes and our marriages and our lives were built on that book, America was a much stronger nation. And I contend when we said, these ten spies, they're well educated. They know what they're talking about. And those two fellows there, they don't understand. All they keep saying is trusting God, trusting God. We'll go with the ten spies. That's when America began a downfall, when it walked away from faith in the Word of God. I want to finish the message tonight. I'd like to finish it now, but I don't have another 30 minutes. I'm going to finish the message tonight on how to make more detailed application in our life with the Word of God and how you make decisions with the Word of God. But I want you to see this verse one more time in closing. For the Word of God is quick. That means it's alive. It's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner or can tell the difference in the thoughts and intents of the heart. Outside of your salvation, the most important decision you'll ever make is to say, I'm going to live my life doing what the Bible says. Whether it makes sense or not, I'm going to by faith follow God's word. Stand with me if you will.
you're here this morning, you do not know Christ as your Savior, I beg you to trust Christ as your Savior. The Bible says, whosoever, Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I beg you to trust Christ. If you're here today and you've already done that, you've trusted Christ as Savior. But you have decisions you're facing in life. What a difficult thing it is when it's a decision that will affect your life for the rest of your life and will affect your children. Let's make the decision. I'm going to let the Bible be my guide. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless in our invitation. And I pray that our altars this morning would be used by those that would say, Lord, I need wisdom in making a decision of marriage, making a decision of school, of college, making a decision of how I'm going to live my life, a career decision, where I'm going to live, who are going to be my friends. Help us to decide this morning, the Bible will be my guide. Bless your invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings on the invitation song, the altar is open this morning. Perhaps you have a burden, you have a need in your life. The altar is open. I invite you to come. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the only thing that I can use to separate between how I feel and what's really right. You're in a place of making a decision in your life that's a life-altering decision, not just for you, but for your family. I would challenge, I would implore you to read the Word of God. I'll help you in directing in whatever the decision may be. And tonight I'll give more specific instruction in that very thing. Divides the soul and spirit. It separates the spies between the ten and the two. I'm glad when I was a child I was pointed to the Word of God and before I ever understood it, I decided I'm going to obey the Word of God. And as I read it and I applied it to my life, I can testify that this old book is the best guard and is the best guide you'll ever have in life. From what you eat and drink, where you go, who you're with, what you do, that old book will protect you. God doesn't want us to live in Egypt. God doesn't want us to live in the wilderness or even be satisfied at Kadesh Barnea. God wants us to live in the land of Canaan. And I do too. I want to enjoy the milk and honey and the grapes of Eskol. I want to enjoy all that God has for us so often. We take our blessings and we become satisfied in the blessing to the neglect of the blesser. Oh, how we need to continue to learn and to listen to the word of God. Thank you so much. I love that truth and I love its illustration. I love its foundation. I love its application. You may be seated as we prepare for baptism this morning.
Uh, Robert uh, Dotson, D-O-T-S-O-N, Robert Dotson has trusted Christ as Savior and is going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Uh, Robert is deaf, and so Brother Harris is uh, baptizing him. And, of course, upon his baptism, as with anyone, unless they request otherwise, they become a member of our church. And Brother Robert Dotson will become a member of our church upon his baptism. And I talked to him just before the service this morning, and we're glad to have him a part of our church this morning. Get your songbooks, if you will. Let's have a couple of verses of a song as we prepare, and we'll baptize as soon as they're ready. Remain seated as we turn to hymn number 277, Jesus Loves Even Me, we'll sing, beginning on the first verse, hymn 277. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. On that last verse, oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. So this is Robert Dotson. He had trusted Christ as a Savior many years ago, but uh, he desires to become a member of Clay's Mill Baptist Church. So upon the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, bearing the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And just like this right here. Amen. God bless you. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Pray for our buses as they travel this afternoon. Thank you for being with us today. Visitors, thank you for coming and being in church. Heavenly Father, help us to take the word of God and divide asunder the soul and spirit. And may we obey your word and give us wisdom in doing so reading and rightly dividing and applying the word to our lives. Bless each one that's here today. I pray that you give safety as we travel home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Don't forget to get the invitations and yard signs. If you want to put up a yard sign or you want to get invitations to give to others on our big day, April 16, old-fashioned, dinner on the ground, gospel singing, Bible preaching, don't miss it, April 16.